0: Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. I speak today to David Cole, CEO of EMX Royalty Corp. They're a Royalty company on the TSXV and NYSE. Their focus is on Royalty generation. They feel that that is a longer term yield curve model that they like. That's not to say they don't do Royalty acquisitions. They do the occasional one, plus also strategic investments such as a remediation company recently. A business model which hasn't much changed and it doesn't look like it's going to be changing going forward. It's a slightly unusual Royalty company, interesting uh, and well worth a listen. Enjoy the podcast.
1: David, how are you doing, sir? Matthew, I'm doing really well. My pleasure to be here.
0: Well, fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us. We've been wanting to speak to you. Um, you're one of uh, our favorite little ro- uh, royalty companies. Um, and thanks very much for joining us. He was just saying uh, before we came on, you're off for a fishing weekend, which sounds like <laughs> way too much fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, the, uh, you know, we have a native uh, Colorado cutthroat trout here that is spawning. Uh, it's always fun to go fish while they're spawning.
0: Fantastic. How many days are away with the boys? Oh yeah, two nights, two nights. Two nights, good stuff, good stuff. Hey, well, why don't we uh, get stuck into it? Can you give us a 1-minute overview of the company and then we'll take it
1: from there? Yeah, so we convert uh, prospective geologic ideas into Royalties. And we've been doing that for 17 years. And we do that by execution of the Royalty Generation business model, where we take those geologic ideas, acquire prospective mineral rights, add value by building economic geologic models, selling those on to an industry hungry for new discovery opportunity in exchange for annual payments, work commitments, shares, cash, and always a royalty on the back end. And uh, we've done this prolifically uh, for uh, uh, almost two decades now. Uh, in, In addition, we also buy royalties and we make strategic investments. The combination of the three has worked out really well for our shareholders.
0: Yeah, it has. I mean, obviously, the, the last year and a half has been fantastic with the gross of share price, market cap, rent, you know, 250. I mean, all going gangbusters. What I'm trying to work out, though, is what type of company are you? You've been at this, what, 16, 17 years. Uh, I guess when you started off, it looked very different from today. So, what did you set out to do day one, and how's that changed?
1: Acquire intelligent people has always been the top priority for me. Put the right people on the bus, good things will happen that's always been the way we've approached it in a people-first manner. The business units we have around the world are are built around the intellect of these dominantly economic geologists, but also other contributors as well.
0: Okay. So talk to me a little bit more about um, Royalty generation, because most Royalty companies, when they reach a certain size, they're aiming to be a mid-tier, they want to grow quickly, they start looking at bigger and bigger deals. I mean, so how… How has your thinking evolved? Because okay, royalty generation is nice, but it's kind of at the at the earlier stage. You know, the younger royalty companies start there. So, what's the weighting that you allocate for royalty generation versus royalty acquisition versus you know some of those? You know, you talk about strategic investment, and I know you you've made a couple recently. Just just talk about the mix.
1: Yeah, happy to do that. So royalty generation is our core. And that's what puts, puts the entrepreneurial economic geologists in the field with their ear to the railroad track, identifying the opportunities uh, and giving us a sense for what the market is doing out there. You know, our, 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 our customers are major mining companies. So we have a sense of what they're doing, how they're investing their money and understanding the market whilst they're there. They occasionally identify royalties to buy. They occasionally identify strategic investments. And our strategic investing track record has been nothing short of uh, phenomenal. It's a 40% internal rate of return on invested capital over a 17-year history. But coming back to your specific question, Matthew, about um, how we view the allocation of capital through those three aspects of our business. And um, core to our, our belief and our DNA, we're value guys. Uh, Quite honestly, we're value guys in a momentum world, uh, but we're value guys through and through. We uh, are all about astute allocation of capital. We believe that it is the most astute allocation of capital to grow royalties organically long term. That's the best way to accumulate a royalty portfolio with the least cost. Our competitors are out buying royalties at nearly any price to be able to create deal flow, to be able to grow their companies, and the market uh, is giving them reward for that in in the current market space. We believe long-term that a value approach will win the day, and um, we're getting recognition for that in the marketplace today. With more money in the bank, which um, um, we're in the enjoyable position to have nearly as much money in the bank as we've raised in the history of the company, uh, something which none of my competitors could come close to saying. And uh, that's thanks to liquidation events within our strategic investments that have paid off really handsomely. And due to the fact that we have more arrows in the quiver now, you know, we are enhancing our royalty acquisition strategies and our strategic investing strategies, but always with an astute allocation of capital mindset, a value mindset.
0: Okay, so talk to me about this, because you talk about um, having economic uh, geologists or geologists who understand geologists who understand you know the economics of this and, and what they need to be looking for. So there there must be a kind of profile for the, the types of uh, targets that you're looking at. So what do, what do they look like?
1: Yeah. So you know we we a lot of our geological expertise are in geological terrains that have copper and gold. So the focus of the company from the very beginnings have been in copper and gold projects, but we have expanded out into battery metal space. Um, and uh, polymetallic space, lead zinc, silver, Copper, Cobalt, Nickel, uh, PGEs, things like this. Uh, but our core has always been leveraging our strategic advantage of our geologic knowledge of, of Copper and Gold systems. Okay,
0: but if, if I look at your, your competitors, you, you refer to them as competitors. They like to be targeted. They like to be precious metal focused or they like to be South America, North America focused. They, they're trying to think of what their investors want. You don't have that. You are geographically agnostic. You it sounds like you are now commodity agnostic. Right? So I'm trying to work out how you position yourself in the market and why people are paying attention because they are, because
1: your, your share price says they are. So Matthew, you touched upon something very important right there. You said that my competitors are focusing on what they think the market wants and they are. We don't do that. We focus on what we know will accrete value. For EMX shareholders long term. And that's acquiring really smart folks, engaging them, and, and building value within this space uh, through the acquisition of prospective mineral rights and converting that into royalties.
0: But it it, it comes back to the point. So you, you think you're going to lead rather than follow, and that's your differentiator. Yep. So why do you look at other royalty companies? I think the only thing you've got in common with royalty companies are the word the royalty in the name, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Well, Royalties are phenomenal financial instruments, and I can't begrudge any company for, for paying dearly to acquire them. And, and, and I shouldn't sound like you know, I'm trying to begrudge my, my competitors. They just approach it in a different way. Um, and, uh, uh, but Royalties are fantastic because of the embedded optionality. And when we acquire a piece of prospective mineral rights, Matthew, I'll give you an example. We tend to do two types of organic deals. One is we acquire some prospective mineral rights. We sell it off to an incipient public uh, junior company in exchange for shares, Uh, maybe some small but escalating uh, cash annual payments, always a work commitment to get money spent in the ground. That's where the value is created and a production royalty on the end. Now we have the optionality of being able to accumulate that annual cash flow pre-production, also be able to play that share uh, position that we have in the company to the advantage of EMX. We have great track record of making money off of our share positions in the history of the company, those shares which have been paid to us part and parcel to our deal flow, um, whilst we're you know waiting for that that optionality that's most important, which is discovery optionality, to happen on our portfolio. And there's multiple examples deep in the portfolio of discover discovery optionality coming through to fruition. And uh, uh, it, you know it, it, it's it's a really fun business.
0: Yeah, it's it's certainly interesting. It, it took it took me a while to decipher what was going on. I, I think because you need to fill the hopper, right? Because your your value curve is different from a, a traditional royalty company. In that you've got a lot of stuff going on at the ground level. You need to kind of really fill that hopper, and you need to be um, doing a lot of deals, which take a little bit longer to come through. But over the over the the time frame, you think that that. That's what you, your best. That's your best model. That's the best model for you.
1: Yeah. So, um, one good cash flowing royalty that emanates from our organic portfolio will pay for the all the money we've ever spent. Yeah, and that that one's coming in Balia. balia is already cash flowing uh, as a production royalty to us. It's about to ramp up into full scale commercial production, becoming a multi million dollar cash line royalty per annum, with a really long mine life, and they continue to find more. High-grade lead, zinc, silver. This is in uh, uh, northwestern Turkey. Five thousand ton per day mill. Uh, we're very, very, very pleased with how that property is coming along. It's a great one to point to as uh, just one project that's paid for the entire uh, creation of the whole portfolio.
0: So, what I'm what I'm trying to work out is where's the inflection point come? Okay, because you do have this weight of lower value projects sitting there in the portfolio but it's going to take time. I was trying to work out how, do I, how would I work out what your cash flow looked like. And I, I think it's, it's, it's a tough one for me because I think when it comes, it's really going to pop, but I need the company to give me some clues as to um, when that inflection point is.
1: Yeah, so we're, we're right on the steps of it. And so people coming in to become shareholders today have the benefit of 17-years uh, of building this portfolio and we have a number of, of Royalties that are ramping up or coming into production within the next few years, plus strategic investments that will be yielding dividends over the course of the next few years. and be a cash cow by 2023. Uh, people are starting to understand that and realise that and realise the discount that we are trading to that incipient cash flow.
0: Okay. So we talked a little bit about um, Royalty generation. Can we just talk about the um, Royalty acquisition side of things? because? you seem very entrepreneurial in mind. One, you don't hang around mining for 17-years in one project. That's unusual. Okay. Um, but you've, you've taken the option of using your cash in different ways. So you've got a, an, uh, I've forgotten the name of the environmental remediation company that you've acquired recently, for right, instance. Sir. Right. Okay. So yeah. t- tell me a little bit about your the, the, the thinking, because it is, again, slightly outside the box.
1: So we're, we we love to think laterally. And it, and it all comes back to this concept of the value proposition for the shareholders. And, and there's some great examples in the history of the company. We were the first company into Serbia after the Balkan Wars helped the Serbian government rewrite their money law, rewrite their concession law, became the first company to be granted an exploration license in that country in multiple decades. Now there's the largest copper and gold development story on the planet uh, in full swing, and we have a royalty on it. Um, and the you know you have you, mentioned a couple of times about the interplay between organic growth through royalty generation and acquisition and those two married together are are really powerful. So you alluded to the long time that it takes for royalty generation to start to have substantial cash flow. We call it the get rich slow plan. <laughs> you know, I mean it is it is very astute allocation of capital. And long term, we're building a portfolio less expensively than than um, almost anybody in the business, uh, or I think than anybody in the business. But if we can augment that and leapfrog that process towards cash flow by buying the right royalties, uh, that's a great marriage. And we're very careful about the ones that we're going to buy. And there's some key royalties within the portfolio that we have purchased, such as the Levo royalty that you know Newmont and Barrick have in their joint venture that's paying us every month. It's paid thirteen million dollars since we've owned it. Just as 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 one example.
0: Okay, so help, help me understand some of the terminology here. And I think for the people watching this as well, okay, you know, my view would be that people don't give away royalties. You never sell royalties. So, under what conditions I do, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So, I wonder <laughs> what conditions do people
1: sell royalties? Why are you picking them up? So, the, one, the package we bought that was announced yesterday, we bought 60 mineral property positions, giving us a really strong presence in Ontario and Quebec. Uh, which we're very pleased to be in the superior province now in a big way. And uh, uh, that gentleman was a a quality prospect generator, I mean a a private prospect generation shop. And he just reached the age where he said, it's time to sell. And he was delighted to do business with us and vice versa. And we're very, very pleased to have Perry English's portfolio now within our portfolio. That ratchets the total number of mineral property positions we have in the world to over 200. and. Uh, So, we're we're pleased with that acquisition. So, you know, there's various uh, reasons for selling. Another one is, um, you know, people need capital to do other things. And so, you know, royalties are not their core business. They've acquired royalties perhaps over time because they've sold some exploration assets and kept a royalty, but their main focus is on production or on development of a certain story. And they need to sell some royalties uh, to get the cash flow to be able to put the drill steel in the ground. Uh, So, during times of tough capital markets those will come available.
0: Okay. So, let's talk to me about the team. You talked about economic geologists, okay, so which is great. I, I would like to get a sense of, you know, what value have they created before? You know, why have you, why have you selected them to be on the team, or, other than you've known them for a long time, and who are the guys that are looking at these Royalty agreements that you're picking up? You know, how do you know they're good?
1: You're speaking to the most important resource that we have in the company, and that's our intellect. And uh, uh, these are folks with what I call juice. Uh, particularly on the on the generation side, because it takes a, a unique person that's walking over the, the the next hill that no one's walked over before, with a view set of understanding a geological feature that people haven't really put into context previously, and thus develop a new discovery opportunity, and then ultimately convert that into a royalty because we acquire the mineral rights and we build the model and then we market that to the industry and get it done and. and, and you know, we've been refining how we do this process over time. So, you know, these are guys with master's degrees and PhDs in in geology and in economic geology, uh, with track records of working for for major and junior companies. Uh, And then to augment the geologists, it's not all geologists. We have have engineers, metallurgists, finance people, legal people that are all part of the team. And uh, it's great being here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, because there's major mining companies such as Newmont here, and a lot of folks take early retirement in their mid 50s or upper 50s, but they're still really sharp and have fantastic experience uh, experiences that they can share, and we can hire them as consultants and have them on our team. Uh, so we have some of the best people in the mining business, in my opinion, available to us on a consultancy rate to be able to uh, uh, help. Evaluate everything from grassroots to producing mines.
0: Is that why your g is quite high? I mean, you're looking at about 1.2 million on a quarterly basis. Yeah, because you've got all this resource, and you're saying you're investing now for the future.
1: Is that the line? That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. So, um, you know, really smart people. You have to pay them well, and this is all about using that intellect to grow a royalty portfolio, uh, and that's what we've been doing for years. Okay. So that, that you're exactly right. That from a dollar and cent standpoint, come back to the balance sheet and you say, yeah, you know, you guys have a lot of salary. That's because we have a lot of smart people, and that's how we've been able to generate these royalties over time.
0: Okay. You've also sitting on a lot of cash for a long time, right? You're sitting on says 66 plus access to another five. I think was, was that was the sort of number. So it's a lot of cash. How long have you had that?
1: So. Yeah. So, um, you know, a couple of different times in the company now, we've had some big liquidity events that have cashed up our treasury. More than once I've had more money in the bank than all the money we've raised in the history of the company. So we'll deploy money into strategic investments based upon our business acumen and geological interpretation. And then we have a liquidity event, boom, a lot of money comes back. And we've done that a couple of times. We're in that position today. The monies, the bulk of the monies we have in the bank today came to us thanks to a liquidity Event that occurred in late 2018, where we sold a substantial share position that we had in a big, huge copper gold discovery that occurred in far southeastern Russia. Um, And uh, um, that was a great transaction, cashed us out, put 69 million US dollars in the bank for EMX shareholders. And um, uh, you know, we have other strategic investments ongoing, I'm very pleased with the strategic investment that we have in Rawhide right now. And uh, that was made. And, and, you know, we're Matthew, we're value guys. So we're not just taking that 69 million bucks and going out and buying the next package of royalties that we see for sale. Uh, we're looking for uh, ways to allocate that capital astutely. And whether it's a small investment in Ancero that comes with a strategic alliance, uh, that's a, that's a great way to go. Or if it's buying Perry English portfolio, that was definitely accretive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, we'll deploy those monies when we believe it's distinctly accretive.
0: Okay, th- that's fair enough. Do you dish out dividends?
1: Not yet. So um, we've had a lot of discussion around this, and we've had a lot of discussion with our major shareholders, particularly after the big liquidity event that we had at the at 18. And um, um, we, uh, our, our plan to boil it down for you, our plan is to institute a quarterly dividend. After we have strong recurring positive cash flow, not just from strategic investing gains, but from our royalty portfolio.
0: Okay. So, given that you've got 70 million bucks in the bank, I mean, that suggests yeah. that the, you know, because it's clear about what the market's valuing the company at, really, minus cash. Where do you think most of that value lies? Because you've you, you mentioned a couple of big assets or big projects um, there. but the rest isn't being valued at the moment so again give me that sense of how do people value the the rest of the portfolio the rest of you know these investments
1: that you've made yes and you know the market is start starting to awaken to the depth of the portfolio and the inherent intrinsic value but i'll go straight to the company making asset in the portfolio matthew because you're asking about what are the value drivers right other than cash and uh, you know, let's go straight to the Chukuru-Peki Royalty, also known as the t project. Um, that was a project that we prospect generated. Uh, we then sold our assets in Serbia to Reservoir Capital. Reservoir Capital went on to acquire additional mineral rights in the district. We were actually able to acquire royalties on those other uh, properties uh, uh, very, very, very inexpensively for two hundred thousand Canadian dollars at the time. <laughs> and they went on to make uh, the largest uh, copper and gold discovery in the history of Europe. Now one of the most important copper gold development stories in the world. It, it is now being advanced by Xinjiang. Uh, Reservoir sold it to NEFSA, to NEFSA sold it to Xinjiang. Xinjiang just signed a memorandum of understanding uh, about a year ago with the Serbian government to invest 474 million USD into the ground to put the upper zone into production. The upper zone is very high grade. Lower zone is huge, over 1.7 billion tons of 0.86% copper and 0. 0.18 grams per ton gold, and growing. the a dozen drill rigs turning on site there now and uh, continuing to expand that resource. And we're sitting here with the one half of 1% royalty over that. If you do the math um, with respect to the, the incipient value of all of that metal in the ground and our half percent royalty, which comes right off the top line. That uh, that 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 is a big number, and that is uh, uh, the company making asset in our portfolio. But it's not the only one; that's just the first one. <laughs> okay, but, was, but
0: talk to me about you know revenue last year versus this year, for instance. What's what's happened there?
1: Yeah, so um, you know the, the Leeville mine has had some production problems that has impacted our short term revenue. Akarja has had some permitting problems that has impacted our short term revenue. Uh, and uh, those, those, both of those are being fixed, and uh, Barrick has announced substantial new discovery within our footprint of the royalty at Leeville, uh, and so it's only a matter of time that gold's in the ground. It's only a matter of time before that gold comes out of the ground, and we see that if it delays in time before we get the gold, and the price of gold's higher when they when we get it. That's not that's not to our disadvantage long term. The uh, and then. Uh, you know the, the the drill permitting at Akarja will definitely uh, get fixed, and and they'll be able to further advance and resume their uh, plus one million dollar payment. I guess it would be about one point eight million dollar payment per annum to us once that once that's completed.
0: Okay, and COVID nineteen affected revenues were in fact affected costs. I mean, probably reduced costs. Has it
1: not affected revenues, but it has affected the business in that. Um, it has slowed what is a strong appetite for Copper and other base metals, and it has an, and greatly augmented and enhanced because the price of precious metal, specifically Gold, has done very well. So, we see very strong interest in our Gold projects. So, we've tweaked you know how we're marketing our, our portfolio to our customers, major mining companies and incipient uh, junior companies towards the appetite that exists today.
0: Yeah, again, that entrepreneurial spirit, I guess. Um, one question sent in by a, a viewer, possibly a shareholder, I don't know. Said, um, were you ever tempted to invest any of your cash in gold bullion?
1: So we believe it's, it's vastly more astute for us to acquire gold projects and, pro- and convert these geologic ideas around where there's more gold to be found than to buy bullion. Yeah, okay. We get, more leverage. we get more leverage doing that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, so can I just come back to this geography component? Because you, you talk in your presentation about focusing a little bit more on uh, Scandinavia, which I think is seeing a little bit of an uptick at the moment in terms of interest. Um,
1: why is that? So scandia is a great place to invest in the mining business. There are 17 major operating mines and 7 smelters in scandia the permitting timeline that we have in sweden for example it can take between two weeks and two months to get a drill permit that's amongst the fastest permitting in the world and the the mining laws there are very straightforward easy to understand and easy to follow and the value that mining creates is well respected in that part of the world Uh, we find it to be a fantastic place to invest and a lot of our customers are awakening to this fact and thus we have excellent deal flow from our portfolio there. We are one of the largest mineral rights holder in Fennoscandia.
0: Okay. Here's my problem. We have we've, we've talked to a lot of Royalty companies recently. You are all the same, aren't you? Why am I investing in you as part of my portfolio versus all right. the rest?
1: We are definitely not the same as the others. I don't think there is anyone out there. You know, Altius has a similar business model to EMX, um, but they are not in the precious metals space. The uh, and so EMX is is definitely unique um, in the royalty business uh, with respect to that three pronged approach: royalty generation, royalty acquisition, and strategic investing. Um, that's not the way most folks pursue this business. Do you think you
0: get marked down for that because people think you you're not quite sure what you are? Because if you look at the big
1: boys, they're they're all precious metals, aren't they? So, uh, well, no, there's 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 some big diversified royalty houses out there. Yeah yeah, Anglo-Pacific, uh, which is, you know, in, in, in your hometown um, as well as an example. Well, but, uh, they, you know, I think they would argue two,
0: two things that they, they, they want to get out of the diversified route and they want to be listed in North America. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking at you enviously.
1: <laughs> that's interesting. Um, you know. That, that comes back to this concept about uh, doing what you think the market wants you to do as opposed to doing what you know is the right thing to do long term. And uh, we see value in being exposed to, to battery metals. We think Nickel's a good commodity to be exposed to long term. We think that uh, global Copper demand will augment substantially over the course of the next two decades. We think it's fantastic to own more Copper mineral rights and we always love Gold. Um, and this there, there's great synergies with respect to our geologic talent to be able to do that. It would be silly for us not to be diversified. Okay.
0: 2020 been pretty uh, tough so far. Not, not the best start to the year. You guys have um, popped back up again, which is great. Um, what's the rest We're of setting the year? We're new
1: highs every day. Yeah. You,
0: you, are, you are. I think people are starting to take notice for sure. But um, I guess what they're looking to you to uh, give guidance to is, you know, how does this trend continue? Because you've kind of like got a what, what did you describe it earlier? A Long slow burn. You've kind of got get rich slow scheme, um, mm-hmm. which is you know what is what should they be buying into? The 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 weight of all of the projects that you've got coming up through is that what they're buying into, um, or is it your ability to do something with this seventy million of cash?
1: So it's three things. Um, it's the existing portfolio which remains undervalued and its incipient cash flow, one. Two, it is what we can do by deploying our cash that we have in the bank astutely to augment the existing portfolio. And three, it is a team that has been refining this business model for 17 years and we keep getting better at how we execute it and the incipient value of the creation that that, that, that team will do.
0: Okay. Any big news coming up? What should we, be, what should we oh, be looking for?
1: More deal flow. More deal flow. You know, uh, you know, we've had great deal flow in good markets and bad markets for a long time now. That will continue. You'll see royalty acquisitions and, and uh, uh, royalty generation continuing.
0: And what's your view on the economic outlook globally, not just your company? Uh,
1: the, you know, I mean. It, Governments are printing a lot of money, and when governments print a lot of money, that's good for precious metals. And long term, uh, you know, that devalues currencies, which is good for the for the uh, U.S. dollar priced value of base metals as well. And uh, um, you know, the world will survive this pandemic, and we will see a resumption of strong growth across the globe. In my opinion, albeit with probably. Um, reduced value fiat currencies because of the money printing that will have occurred in order to get us through that.
0: Okay. So, news for your shareholders and anyone looking at you. It's business as usual, growth coming, inflection point coming, undervalued as always. Um, (laughs) Watch this space.
1: Yeah. Buy the dips. Buy the dips. Yeah. I'll I'll throw in, you know, you can see my insider trades. I've been buying the stock uh, from the open market as well as keeping all of my Expired options and, and uh, whatnot for, for six, seven years now. Um, that tells you what I think. Uh, I bought uh, um, some stock out of the open market during the COVID dip, as one example, uh, and I've been doing that for a while. Yeah, so feel free to follow those trades, cdi.com.
0: Okay, David, thank you very much. Lovely introduction to the story. Um, stay in touch, let us know how things are going on. Uh, a big year ahead of you. Let's see, see if you can keep it going.
1: Matthew, thank you very much. Very good interview. I thought you asked excellent questions.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll
1: speak to you again soon.